Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Baseball America podcast. Baseball America, bringing you baseball news you can't get anywhere else for more than 35 years. Now it's time to talk baseball. Hey everybody, welcome to another Baseball America podcast and our Facebook Live. I'm John Manuel along with J.J. Cooper and Kyle Glazer. I want to remind you that uh, all of our podcasts and Facebook Live broadcasts are sponsored by Baseballism. Baseballism is the official off-the-field brand of baseball, offering apparel <laughs> for men, women, and kids. If you're a baseball fan, you need to check out Baseballism.com or visit the retail locations in Cooperstown, New York and Scottsdale, Arizona. I would advise the Scottsdale, Arizona location here in February as opposed to upstate New York. Visit Baseballism.com, enter the code BA2017 to save 20% off. We had a question about that last Facebook Live. Just go to Baseballism.com, enter the code BA2017, you save 20% off shirts like these, uh, which is uh, pretty cool. We have a pretty cool swag and we're enjoying our partnership with Baseballism. Guys, uh, one of the, uh, I think there's a Baseballism shirt that has the ba- a globe and this is the most global Baseball America podcast that we do every four years. We talk World Baseball Classic. Four years ago, JJ and I went we went down a path that uh, that uh, Padme could not follow. We went <laughs> we went super deep on the World Baseball Classic. I can't even find the PDF on our website, which I thought we posted it four years ago because we wanted people to see. What, we did it, two I mean, hours of. We did do a lot of podcasting. You went to Phoenix, and I went to San Francisco. Um, this year, Kyle will be heading up a lot of our coverage, heading out to uh, Southern California for the uh, last parts of the World Baseball Classic. But it's, we'll have a lot of the WBC covered at Baseball America and BaseballAmerica.com. And our previews coming out this week, we thought we would kick that off with today's Facebook Live. And guys, obviously, we like this tournament. Kyle, I'll ask you because I know JJ's answer. <laughs> <laughs> but what made you interested in the WBC uh, You know, when you came to Baseball America and you were like, hey, you know, guys, I really want to be a big part of this coverage because it doesn't seem like the average baseball fan in the United States is interested. You know, I think what makes the WBC so special is you have that mix of you do see a lot of the stars of today's game. You look at the Dominican Republic rosters, the Venezuela rosters, and the U.S. roster this year maybe more than previous years. But you've also got so many guys who are up-and-coming talent that are already professionals. When right. you look back at the previous years, guys like Ioannis Cespedes and Yu Darvish and Masahiro Tanaka and Aroldis Chapman and even the mid-level guys, the Sung Hongos, uh, the Jung Ho Gongs, uh, Hyunjin Ryus. I mean, you see so many guys really for the first time that are major league ready in a lot of ways. These guys come in. Maybe they get a year in AAA, and then they're in the majors ready to produce. I really like the global aspect of seeing now talent and talent that is ready to contribute now. I also think it's a pretty high-level quality of baseball. I mean, I think sometimes watching, in years past, Olympic baseball, I never always got the felt that the quality was really all that great because it was a lot of amateurs, a lot of guys who maybe didn't have big league futures. But when I watched the World Baseball Classic you're watching major leaguers or guys that are major league ready. And I think it just is a really enjoyable quality of tournament, you know, more so than the World Cup of Basketball when you see how many countries, you know, the diversity of talent isn't as great. I really do think from an international tournament perspective, short of the World Cup of Soccer, 
this is arguably the highest talent level tournament. I can't speak to rugby or cricket. But you're a hockey fan, and now the NHL is kind of getting out of the Winter Olympics too, which right. is really fascinating. That, that, that could be a different direction the podcast goes in and the Facebook Live goes in. But JJ, for me, I, I kind of agree with Kyle, and that's one thing Rob Corderman's talked to me about, the longtime Dutch national team pitcher where they have a feature. One of the greatest Madison. international pitchers of all time. He is. He's like the, I had a scout tell me he was the Pedro Lazo of Europe. Which is a great that's a, inside, inside, that is, inside baseball that is awesome. comp. It is a great. I didn't even use that quote because it came after print deadline. Um, but so even you know, Rob pitched in four Olympics from 1996 to 2008. This will be his fourth World Baseball Classic from 2006 to 2017. So he knows whereof he speaks. He's pitched against metal bats in the Olympics with college guys for the U.S. and amateurs from everywhere but Cuba. And he's pitched in professional World Baseball Classics. He says there's no comparison. The World Baseball Classic is a better tournament than the Olympics. Now, I was there for the 2000 Olympics. That was a great tournament. Uh, 2013 WBC, actually the talent on hand. I'm not sure we had a Ben Sheets, Daisuke Matsuzaka. That was my first Olympic game. I was spoiled. (laughs) I mean, it wasn't going to get any better than that. Daisuke and Sheets on their way up. 19-year-old Daisuke and 21 or 22-year-old Ben Sheets. Uh, That was a great game. Um, and I got to see Pete Colazzo and those kind of guys. But the, the classic, the level of competition is pretty significant. JJ, you, your overview story focused on kind of comparing the two a little bit and how the WBC, as the last nine years, it has been the top-level international baseball tournament. How has that served baseball internationally, capital B baseball? Has that been good for the sport? Has it helped grow the sport internationally, like the basketball professionals in the Olympics, obviously the Dream Team in 92, really kicked off an international period for the NBA. I think that is something that the average U.S. baseball fan needs to appreciate, is that even if you care nothing about this event, and I know that there are a lot of U.S. baseball fans out there who almost look at it as detrimental. They oh, don't, absolutely. They do not want to see their team's best players go to go play in this. Even though they are missing spring training, it's not that big a deal. And as much as everyone wants to think that it causes massive problems as far as them coming back and injuries and all that. There is no data that really backs that up. It's like the home run derby myth. Oh, if he participates in the home run derby, it's going to be a terrible second right. half. There's no actual data showing well, that's true. There is a, a bias to the fact that some of the players who are in the World Baseball Classic are here because they had the best seasons of their career last year. Right. And some of those are guys are going to regress. Exactly. I mean, you know, I mean, so with that, some of those guys back up and it's like, oh, you know, the, the story that WBC organizers like to talk about is, is Derek Jeter and how Jeter in the WBC in, uh, I guess it would have been 13? So Maybe. 9 or 13, but Probably I think it was 9. Th- nine. I, nine. It was yeah, nine. By 13. yeah, but he basically was worried about how much playing time he was getting during the WBC. And, you know, like, because he was splitting time at shortstop. And then he ended up having the best year of the second half, the tail end of his career that year. And it's like, I mean, again, that doesn't mean that he did that because the World Baseball Classic easier. It's just the reality of this is these games don't make that much impact on an individual player in his career. But that being said, this is huge for international baseball. For one, the part that I enjoy about this is I know that the average U.S. fan who does enjoy it enjoys it really to see the U.S. compete, Team USA, and to see... You know, the Dominican Republic team and Venezuelan team and the Puerto they're, Rico team. Their favorite big leaguers. That's right. really, it's kind of like the, the theory, the best case scenario would be there would be like 16 major league all star teams. Of some cases, you have big leaguers of some stripe on all these teams. 
But what I enjoy more than that, and we've seen it during these previous three WBCs, it's seeing Samurai Japan. It's seeing South Korea. It's seeing teams that play baseball. It's still the same game, but they play it a little differently. I mean, one of the most, to me, the most memorable moments of the WBC's history, you know, if you're, if you're doing, you can't do a top five without including the Netherlands. And I don't know if you're going to include Netherlands 2009 when they upset the Dominican, mm -hmm. or do you include Netherlands 2013 when they beat Cuba and got a spot in, you know, wound up in the final four of the 2013 Classic. Either way, you can't you can't construct a top five moments in classic history in my mind without the Netherlands. You can't do it without including Korea or Japan. Absolutely not. For me, the number one moment is that final in two thousand six because it was the first event we didn't know we were getting ourselves into, and Korea and Japan played a riveting final uh, with Japan. Uh, a lot of future big leaguers on that team. Korea had Sung Won Oh, and a current big leaguer in Ichiro, who right. is the leader, I mean, an all timer, an all time baseball player. Period, yeah. uh, on that Japanese team, you had a legit rivalry, which I did get to see in the Olympics in 2000, uh, Japan Korea rivalry when Korea upset Japan and Daisuke to win the bronze that year. Here was Korea undefeated, but Japan uh, and playing them in a one and done final. So you had tournament baseball, all that was entailed. And the Asian-American communities, the Korean-Americans in Los Angeles and that Southern California area, and the Japanese immigrants, just filling Dodger Stadium and the passion in the ballpark that day. I wasn't there, but everyone who was there tells me that was a singular moment. And, and the thing is, that was the first classic. So I thought it got to a great start. 2009 was a hellaciously awesome oh. tournament. You look back at those rosters now, and you're just like, good Lord, how many of those guys that would become big league stars within the next three years? That top 20 prospects, we, you, I, I showed you, we were editing it together last, last week. It's impressive. It was it's redonkulous <laughs> how good the talent was. And that was, we did top 20 unaffiliated players, guys who were not with major league Unsigned organizations. Unsigned by right. Cespedes was number six. And <laughs> the five guys ahead of him, there's legit arguments for them to be ahead of him. Yeah, I, I mean, mean it's... I think the only guy we had ahead of him we should have, shouldn't have was Nori Aoki. I think we had Nori no, Aoki I, five, well, or was he afterwards? He was afterward, I believe. And again, Nori Aoki's pretty good. <laughs> he's been on, I think he's on his fifth big league. So 14 of those top 20 guys have signed with a major league organization since then, and 12 of those 14 have played in the major league. So and then, and a lot of the rest of them haven't even got... A, a lot of them are all-stars. Right, and the rest of them are playing professionally in MPB or the KBO. And that is the one downside. If you look at the WBC in 2017, it's a good news, bad news thing. The reality of it is, is that one thing that does take a little bit away from this event compared to 09 is that the game has... The globalization of the game does mean that more of those guys are in the States right. than they were then. Cuba, I mean, we, John and I could go down this rabbit hole way too deep, but Cuba was, when you talk about international baseball, and partly was because, again, they were, their professionals weren't technically professionals. Right. But if you talk about international baseball, Cuba was the colossus of international baseball. No question. For a long, long time. And you look at this right now and you say, this is by far the weakest Cuban national team to ever take the field in one of these events. I, mean, I think you can make the analogy to like basketball, where when it was the Soviet Union, the USSR was a basketball power. Won a gold medal in 72, won a gold medal in 1988. Um, but since the, and Yugoslavia was a great basketball power, but I don't think Croatia or Slovenia or uh, whatever, other, d d d other parts of... Uh, Serbia. Yugoslavia, yeah, Serbia. I don't think they've all had the similar success. 
Um, and I know the Russian basketball team hasn't been as successful. So it's a, I think it's kind of a similar, in some ways, it's a similar idea. The globalization of the game helped flower with a lot of these players coming to the United States, especially the Cuban team. But that has, because of some politics uh, obviously involved, that's helped neuter the Cuban team and a lot of the Japanese players and, and Korean players. You know, we know about earlier they, now. Right, absolutely, they do. Uh, and, and so and, it, the situation has definitely and changed. The reality is, is we also, Otani, Shoei Otani, would be, the he guy. is every bit the Matsuzaka, the U Darvish of, would be the, of the 2017 WBC, if not for the fact that he's injured and cannot play. Yeah, he's like Daisuke and another. I can't remember who the hitters for Japan were rolled into one at in that same oh, tournament. You could say Hideki Matsui. You could say he's nice. Sure, he wasn't Valley. on that team, but shockingly the, enough. But yes, I, I follow you absolutely. Well, the thing that I really took away from your recap, JJ, was you talk about you know what this has done for game outside the United States, which eventually benefits the game inside the United States, was the payouts and how the Netherlands, based on their fourth place finish, was able to build a $15 million, 30,000-seat stadium. And to me, that's where the real meaning of this event is. Yes, it's bettering Major League Baseball with the talent that it's bringing in and showcasing, but it's also improving the quality of the game, the quality of the facilities throughout the world. And for Major League Baseball to truly be a global game on par with soccer, that's the type of thing they have to do. A couple things that I got back after that. That you know, One thing that you know, this the WBC first round, we're going to see games played in Seoul, South Korea this time. First time it's been in South Korea. Why they it have not a been, new stadium. Why has it not been in South Korea? You need first dome stadium in South Korea. South Korea is somewhere you can't really... If you ever watched MASH, I know it's a dated reference, <laughs> if you ever watched MASH, it was always cold in MASH. It was but always really you, cold. You really, I mean, South Korean team got together and they went off to Okinawa to train to get ready for the tournament. Again, putting it, but there's now a new dome stadium in Seoul. In Seoul. Gochiuk Stadium, I believe yes. it is. It, which, and it was built for amateur baseball. So, But but it's really kind which of it's a, cool, it's a cool stadium, and the, the crowds there will be great and all that. But I uh, reached out to the Italian Baseball Softball Federation to ask them, hey, you guys made it to the second round last time. What did that mean for you guys? And it allowed them to upgrade facilities for some of the uh, training camps that they bring together for young uh, amateur players in Italy. The other thing that was really cool was is that they were able to get the story of Jackie Robinson told in Italian schools hmm. through a program that they did with the funding that they received. Awesome. This is a way to send money. And now we got baseball back in the Olympics, but we have to remember, I mean, this the World Baseball Classic started right at the time that the IOC was essentially saying bye-bye baseball. Correct. And, uh, the World Baseball Classic, almost exactly the time the Olympics were and sent the boot in 2005, I believe, was the vote. And that's when the Classic was inaugurated the next year, 06. If you took away the Classic, you have federations, national baseball federations around the world that would have been really scuffling to have any money coming in. Because, again, so much of national federations are, their funding comes from being an Olympic sport. Right. Take away Olympic sport and all of a sudden it becomes a lot tougher. That's when the WBC arrived and you make, if you just make it to the tournament, you get money. If the, you make it a second round, more money. All and that. the 2020 Olympics, by the way, are going to be six teams in the Olympics. So I'm not sure what their qualification process is going to be, but the World Baseball Classic is 24 teams with the qualifiers that come was first. It, so that, was it 24 or 28? I uh, 28, I'm sorry. Yeah, 20, yeah, right, 28, 28 teams. It's 16 teams when it started. Now expanded to 28. That's a big that's a, that's a big field, and that's a bigger field. And you have a legitimate just, – just making the 16-team uh, field was a big deal for Brazil four years ago. 
And you see it in player development, too, uh, Kyle. You wrote about Tiago Vieira this year. Yep. And this is four years after he burst on the scene, really, in the WBC. Closed out some games. Closing out. Well, he closed out the goal, the, the championship game of the uh, qualifier in Panama in 2012. And he struck out Carlos Lee to end it. And I think it was Ruben Rivera. Those were the last two guys. So it was a big leaguer and an ex-big leaguer who was still active at the time in the Mexican leagues. Um, so Tiago Vieira was doing that in rookie ball. So this is one of the great things about international base. But I can already tell... This podcast, uh, Facebook Live, we're going to need a lot more time. I do want to go through some of the questions that we have because mm-hmm. we do have a lot of people paying attention on Facebook. Um, we'll start with uh, Cesar Sanchez, just basically. Who are your picks for the World Baseball? Who's going to make the semifinals? Which Let's is the big four. thing. That, uh, yeah, go ahead. The final four, again, that's, that's a big payoff for the federations, for one thing. And also... <laughs> let's just say the Netherlands, like you said, the Netherlands did winning it would be incredible. The Netherlands making it to the semifinals was program changing. And I'll say that Puerto Rico last time getting to the finals that was one of the bigger upsets. You don't think about it that way because it's Puerto Rico. They beat Venezuela. Oh, they beat the Dominicans. They. Beat... I don't remember who they beat. I just remember that looking at their roster at the time. I was like, how on earth is this team one of the two last teams left? It was patchwork. So it was Yadier Molina, was just incredible. He played great. He led even better. It was Alex Rios. It was uh, Nelson Figueroa. It was, and and that was another reason why to me the WBC is so great, is it's not the same style. It's not like well he throws ninety eight and you know you forget yeah. it. The other team has no chance. I, I love watching J- Japanese and Korean style baseball yes. when you never get to see it in person until this event. So it, it is a it is a unique event. So. We have the Seoul Pool A, which is Korea, Taiwan, Netherlands, and Israel. That's Pool A, and that's going to also feed into... That'll play with Pool B, which is the Tokyo Pool, correct? Correct. Uh, Which is Japan, Cuba, China, Australia. So you got to pick basically two teams from those eight, Kyle. For me, Japan's going to be in. They've made the semis every year this event, even though they don't have uh, big leaguers except for Noriaoki this year. There's no reason to doubt them. They have a lot of guys who I think will be some of the stars of this tournament, even without Shohei Otani. You know, that second team, it's really up in the air because I don't think Cuba has the horses. I kind of want to defer to Korea just because they have some success. You look at their team, and it's not as you know explosive, but it goes back to style of play. It's a lot of guys in the KBO who are professional-level players mm-hmm. that are active in their careers. I do think Japan and Korea are the two teams that jump out to me, at least, to advance out of uh, the Asian pools and into the semis at Dodger Stadium. I'm picking those two as well, but I would, I guess, I'd go Netherlands three, Cuba four, and uh, I'm, I'm tempted to pick the Dutch team. They're probably as far as like athleticism, JJ, and this oh. side, they're the youngest, most athletic infield, most dynamic infield. I just think they're going to be a little short pitching wise, not just because Rob Cordeman is suddenly 42 years old. I'm sure he's going to figure out a way to get it done. Uh, the quarter boss. He's the quarter boss. I'm going to throw you a changeup, and then I'm going to throw you a changeup. Oh, like, you still can't hit it. <laughs> but Henrikus Vandenherk, uh, Rick Vandenherk, and Luke Van Mill. These are some of their other top arms. Angel's great, Luke Van Mill. Uh, and Kelly Jansen, obviously, uh, if he's going to if he's if he's, if he's, if he's, if he's available for, if he's added for the second round. Right. So big if. You know, eight years ago, Kelly Jansen was the catch and throw catcher for the for the Netherlands. He was a big part of the 2019 uh, defensively and offensively as a catcher. I, they, they have to have Kenley Jansen to get there. But if they can make it through the first round in Korea, where it's them, Israel, Taiwan, Korea, I do think they have a chance to, to pull them up. So I would rank it Japan. For me, Japan's a clear one. Now I go Korea, Netherlands, Cuba. I, I do think we, we talked about this in a notebook that's also up at BaseballAmerica.com, is that 
one of the other advantages you have here is that the Asian teams take this very, very, very seriously. They start preparing for it earlier. They started preparing for it like in November. <laughs> but <laughs> but they literally like if you have if your team is predominantly US based players, right? Those players get together a few days before the tournament, their pool begins. They have a couple of workouts, maybe a couple of exhibition games. Cuba, throw Cuba in this too, because Cuba basically has Serie Nationale, which bled into Caribbean series, which went to, hey, we are we did not play enough games in preparation for this last time. Right. Let's get to Asia. They haven't looked great over there in exhibition games, but those teams are all playing together for a long time, which not as much the hey, your double play combo knows each other and all that. Much more than that, I think, is, is it means that their hitters are a little more a little their more timing is a little on, more on regular season timing as, yeah, as far as instead of your timing's not back. I do think that the other thing is is that the depth of pitching that you're going to see from Japan and you're going to see from Korea. Yeah, I, I again, Japan is to me here. Korea and Netherlands, one of those two I think makes it out as the other one. Now, I, I'd say Korea, but that one is a, that's great. I mean, and the thing about it is, is what this pool has that has not had in the past is I can construct plausible scenarios, I feel like, for almost every team of this to get to the second round. You know, I do actually kind of think Israel has a better shot than some people are putting. I think you wrote that Vegas had them least likely. Yeah. And to me, that... They want to win it all. To win it all. But to me, there's about four or five other teams that are way less likely. I wouldn't go four or five Col- a lot. Columbia. Uh, Columbia's uh, roster's better. Columbia. Columbia's roster's Italy. better than... Italy Israel's. made it to the second round last time. I know. And I, but see, I can, may, I can see Israel pull if, in that pool. Can they win two games? Absolutely. We have I a really, couple of questions actually. I really, about, yeah. I really do think they can get to the second round. I absolutely do. We have a couple of questions about uh, Team Israel. Joshua Weinberg actually asked too. Why did Team Israel struggle so much to recruit? Why is there? Why was there so much buzz from them that never came through? And then he also asked, why are there so many relievers committed to Team USA but not starters? I'll answer the second question, and then we'll get to the Israel part. You, I, we we thought last time in 2013 it was like you know the DR looks really good on paper JJ but they don't have Johnny Cueto he's the only Dominican starter really they're not going to win it and so they Samuel won't Dedudo, we, we didn't say that because do remember I, I picked them I picked, picked them to win it I thought they could I thought they didn't have enough starting pitching I didn't think Sam Danuno going five innings was good enough but their bullpen was superior didn't give up a run the whole time so really great starting pitching you can't look at these rosters and think how would this do over 162 games that, how is this team going to do over three weeks. That's really what it is. This is this is a sprint. So it's just like in college baseball, where you know maybe during the year you might need seven, eight pitchers to get through it. In Omaha, you could probably do it with five, especially if one of them's a submariner. But that, and which Korea and Japan, <laughs> they're all about it. They're all about the submariner. And hey, Israel's got. Uh, I mean, not Israel. Italy's got two and one guy, Pat Venditti. So, yeah. um, so for me, uh, I don't think that's a really an issue as far as uh, bullpen stuff. But but JJ Israel's team. If both of you guys want to talk about it. You could start, but I mean, Israel's roster, I think, is pretty good. They didn't get Ryan Braun. They didn't, they didn't get Jock get... Peterson. They didn't get Ian Kinsler, but... Well, well, Alec, and, and Alex Bregman said, I'll go with Team USA, you know. But, right. But those are the players... That's the fallacy that comes into this a lot of times, is, is people dream of what is the best possible team you can right. get. And that's never a realistic team. You know, and again, we wrote in this, one of the things also people don't realize is is your dreams of that you're going to have the best players for every team in this is never going to happen because they can't afford the insurance to do it, and some of the players won't even get cleared. But I do think that Israel did a really good job of getting 
representative players. They have a middle of the lineup. Nate Fryman, Ike Davis, Ike Davis Ryan LaVarnway. Cody Decker. Cody Fryman. Decker, you know. Uh, that's what I said. Yeah, and, I'm sorry. Yeah. And uh, Blake, Blake Galen, a long time. J- uh, J- there, 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 there's a middle of the order you know, that can. Zach Bornstein, Sam top. Fold to run down balls in the outfield. That is, I think the lineup for Israel is very I mean, representative. Tyler Krieger. Tyler Krieger's a good, yeah, solid good, minor league infielder. It's a good minor league team. It's not the best big leaguers that they would have gotten, but I mean. But the, but you say that, but you it's Triple A guys with major league talent. It's not like it's a bunch of rookie ballers. I mean, right, these are exactly. these are guys who are polished, who have played, you know, against major league competition, have shown pop against major league competition. I think that, like we're getting at. The lineup, I look and say, hey, that's a solid lineup. Yes, you'd love to have Ryan Braun, Jock Pearson, Ian right. Kinsler, but all things considered, and Sam Fold. That's 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 a fine lineup. It's the pitching that would be the Achilles heel. But again, compare it to the rest of the teams in that pool. There's not a huge gap between you know what they're putting no. out there and what I mean Taiwan has got. Right, I mean that's fair. I think that's fair. The thing that's where I do think the gap is is that I think I look at Korea. The thing that to me makes the best team this to pool, me that no makes question. them stand out in this pool is is that they have no one else has in this pool has a closer who again it's only we're talking an inning or two but the reality of it is is Sungwano is a guy who there are multiple teams in this pool who I don't think they can catch up to him I, yes, I, you know velocity. and that is that is they can't catch up the velocity. Korea has more of that velocity. That's why we think. I think the Netherlands team is better than Israel's, uh, significantly so. That doesn't mean Israel can't win one game. Right. But, now, but, again, but again, the thing with that is, is you see the matchups in here. The Netherlands we talked about. Okay, so who do they put Van den Herk up against? Oh, it's going to be Korea. You would think. But at the same time, I could actually argue, like depending on how. Right. This, I, think I, yeah. I have inside information. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they're going to yeah. use Van den Herk against Korea. It's possible they could change. Um, I don't think Coach Blylevin no. is available for that game. Yeah. Um, but possibly. Well, but I do want to ask. I mean, we. I think we're all in agreement. It is Japan, Korea, those teams to be. You know, maybe Netherlands, Israel can get to the second round. You know, but on the other side of the pool, that's where the heavy hitters are: DR, Venezuela, Puerto Rico, U.S. Where do you? How do you guys see that that side shaping up? Yeah. Who well, represents? I, I think I think that the the Jalisco to me is the pool of death. Even though it's not like oh, that's four great teams, but, but, no but it's, uh, there's not a lot of separation between Mexico, Puerto Rico, Venezuela, Italy. But you could do the other the the, the Miami uh, Marlins Park pool: U.S., DR, Canada, Colombia. See, that's that's I, one that's set up to have two win, two advance out. Right. We want I the agree. DR and U.S. We want them into the sem. You know, we need them in there. They'll make it out. Well, yeah. Canada and Columbia had to go somewhere. But, yeah, so, I mean, I, the, the other pool is more balanced. I think the other thing is that Mexico putting up the money to host in this gorgeous-looking new ballpark in Jalisco. Um, there's a great picture of it at worldbaseballclassic.com. I think one of the reasons why Mexico did that, and maybe they were encouraged to do that, is let's get away from the U.S. in, in, in pool play. Let's see if we can advance. Mexico did very well at the 2015 um, Premier 12 Usually Mexico's roster isn't great in these, and it doesn't have a long track record of doing well, but I feel like Mexico's a little bit better, but they don't even have their best roster. They're, they're, you know, they're, they're younger players, they're younger talent. To, to me, JJ, almost Mexico almost reminds me a little bit of the Netherlands like in 2009. Older guys, there's starting to be some younger talent that could percolate up, or maybe even 2013 Puerto Rico, or maybe the next classic Say Julio Urias and Jose Alberto's are both in the big leagues and both pitching well, or uh, you could see some of the younger talent in Mexico percolate up to a WBC and roster. If Alex Verdugo sticks playing for them, right? Or Luis Urias, there's there's definitely some pieces there to like, no question. 
But I do, I do agree, though. That is the one where if you said, where are we going to see a surprise? I mean, that's the pool where you really could see a surprise. Italy did it last time. Italy did it last time. I mean, you would think that Puerto Rico and Venezuela are coming out of there, but that's going to be, if they do, they're earning, they're very much earning their way out. But who do we think are, I mean, well, let's, before we say who are we think on this side, okay, Team USA. If you don't follow WBC at all, it's worth noting, if you are saying World Baseball Classic, the first three World Baseball Classics, the USA Baseball success is basically the same as we're talking about the Netherlands. The The Netherlands has a fourth place finish as a best finish. The U.S. has a fourth place finish as a best finish. The U.S. is 500 all time. 10 and 10. In the World Baseball Classic. Is this the year? Brutal. (laughs) Is this the year that the U.S. team does something? You know, because again, let's let's be off the fourth place finish is not doing anything if you're the U.S. You know, as I was writing up their capsule and doing the research uh, for Pool C, uh, you'll see I, I wrote up that preview. I actually like the way this roster is put together more than some of their previous rosters because it's younger guys, especially position players, who are going to care more. There's a little bit more of you know that excitement with the younger players, and I think that will help a little bit because motivation has been a huge problem on Team USA in recent years. And some of that is, well, we're going to get the best guys, but they're 33-34 when Chipper Jones was playing, Derek Jeter was playing. They've really skewed younger with a lot of their roster. Let's bring in Arenado. Let's bring in Alex Bregman. Let's bring in some of these guys. And I do think that that will help them. So I do actually, in my own personal bracket bracketology, I do have the U.S. advancing to the semifinals. Uh, I think that I, I don't love the pitching staff. I mean, both uh, Chris Archer and uh, and some of the other pitchers they're throwing out there are are good pitchers, but some of them didn't have the best years last year, coming off some four O ERAs, Drew Smiley and the like. I'd feel a lot better if it was Kershaw, Scherzer, Verlander, Arietta, but clearly sure. it's not happening. That's really the issue. The U.S. is so deep in talent that you can take one of your top four first basemen, one of your top four shortstops, and all that. They got the best catcher in the world in Buster Posey. You can take one of those guys. Luke Chris, the backup. Right. So the U.S. is just so deep that, you know, necessarily, you wouldn't, if you're picking the four best outfielders, you would not pick Yelich, Stanton, Kutch, and Jones. Not in 2017. You'd start with Trout and go from there. But those four guys are perfectly fine. That would be that's better than anybody else's outfield. That's still an exceptional outfield. I right. Mean, so for me, but I, the pitching is really the question. Yeah, it is. Um, I do think that I, I do think there's enough depth there, and I look at the bullpen with Mark Melanson at the back end. I, I do think that there's enough there for them to advance. It's not going to be easy. I am picking them to get to the semifinals. I don't think if they lose in the second round, anyone should say it's a shocking upset because I right. do think what you know the Dominicans are bringing, the Venezuelans are bringing, the Puerto Ricans are bringing, they can all beat the U.S. at any time. But I think if the U.S. loses in the first round, it'd be a shocker. Second round, stunner, yeah. you know, second round, it happens. I'm not picking it to happen, but it wouldn't be a stunner. Semis, it, would be, it would be also, though, it would be, if that happened... It'd be disappointing, no question. It's... It goes beyond that to me for USA. I mean, like the U.S. team, there's been way too many second round. It's yes, this tournament is set up in a way that they usually end up in a pool where they. It's very hard for them not to get out of the first round. It happens every time. Yeah. Let's be honest. Let's it be honest. Every time. Like it is set up. There, the U.S. has never been put in a pool where you go, "Wow, this is going to be really a hard slog to get out of the first round." And if you're Canada, you go, "What we always set up," you know. <laughs> Canada's always going to be in the U.S. Yeah. pool. So, and, you know, they have to get, so, and they don't, you know, 
for it's surprising. Usually, Canada, the defining characteristic of Canadian international teams is everyone plays. So no Joey Votto, that's a stunner. The fact that they're saying they're going to pitch Ryan Dempster, like we were going to be number three weeks ago, and Eric Gagne, right? But they're both on the roster. But Dempster's slated to start. I mean, like that means they're expecting like three or four innings out of Ryan Dempster. I mean, we saw his his upholstery. I mean, his suit at U, at MLB Network a couple weeks ago. He is not an active player, nor has he been for a long time. This would be like the United States going to the WBC and say, "Hey, Cliff Lee, you're our ace." No, no. I mean, it'd be it'd be bringing back it'd be bringing back the uh, the Roger Clemens team from the. Uh, well, that too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that that too. Let's bring I back mean, Roger Clemens and Randy Johnson, one two. Let's go. I mean, that was you know that was like an old idea. Like in 2000 for the Olympics, the U.S. was like, "Should we just get retired big leaguers?" That was actually an idea. So the fact that Canada has to use Dempster, that's a bad sign. Four years from now, Mike Soroka's your ace. We, we, we're booking it, JJ. We love Mike Soroka. But that actually, Cal, Cal Quantrill. Yeah, you can have a, a formidable one-two punch. That, that actually leads to a question. We've got uh, a lot of questions, yeah. so we really appreciate it. We should hammer these questions yeah. and wrap up. But, but, but we will need a part two. But I'm going to say I'm putting we'll the do U.S. A, we'll do a, are we putting the U.S. in? That's I'm putting I, the U.S. I, and Venezuela in there. I, I think, and, I, and I'm, I'm surprised that I'm not doing Puerto Rico. I think Venezuela, I think Puerto Rico's probably a little bit better. Honestly, I think Venezuela, if there's one country's team that is playing for a little bit more in this classic, Venezuela. it's Venezuela. I mean, I just feel for those players, guys who uh, have family members who are at risk of being kidnapped all the time. That country, you know, I could, I'll just quote uh, Vince Scully, huh, socialism, what are you going to do, whatever he said, you know. I mean, it's a disaster, and I think that that is an extra X factor, that Venezuela has enough talent I think, and also Venezuela really hasn't had a moment in the classic. I just don't see that happening over the course of Miguel Cabrera's entire career. He's going to play in four WBCs and not have a moment. So I'm picking Venezuela as my sentimental favorite. I agree with those picks. So we're on the same with our final four. JJ? Puerto Rico's probably the better, the more logical pick. I'm going to go then DR Puerto Rico as the two coming out. I'm I'm not saying that when we do round two of this, when we do like a deep pool or deeper pool dives for the podcast. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I'm thinking right now, uh, DR and uh, Puerto Rico is the two teams that make it out of the two the two groups over here. The DR is a fine pick, and again, they're the defending champions. Um, I mean, I'm picking the defending the champions and the runners up from last time, right. which is probably not a great idea because the reality of it is is that except as for gr- Japan, there's always turnover. As great as that run has been was last time. If we weren't talking, if 2013 didn't happen, we would be talking about how the Dominican Republic, like the U.S., exactly. is a very disappointing team. In it this. wouldn't stun me if the DR uh, underwhelmed in this tournament after winning it last right, because time. That's they, one of the reasons I didn't pick them. It is, that is the tough thing with that. A lot of questions. Let's, uh, you rapid know, fire. Yeah, let's go let's rapid go. fire. Jesus Toro, who's uh, become a friend of mine on Facebook. Tell me about the Classic in 2026. What players do you think will be playing? I don't want to get that specific, but JJ, 2026... We could see there's all this talk this offseason about the classic going away, being eliminated. Rob Manfred says, no, wrong, not, wrong, not wrong. on my watch. Wouldn't be prudent at this juncture. Um, but he does say that the classic could be different. And it sounds like, could you envision a WBC 25U? Could that be where we go in the future? It is possible because what you would do then is, is you would cut your insurance costs dramatically because these would be all be players playing who don't haven't signed the 150 200 million dollar contracts yet and those contracts are going to keep getting bigger i do think that more likely with the change that you're going to see is is that instead of it being this three-week monstrosity mm-hmm. which there is no perfect time no for perfect time. 
Instead of that, maybe it's broken up where you have, it maybe even over the course of a couple of years. I don't think it's, I, I think that there's a reluctance to do that. But if you said that you're going to have this eventually be, say, like a 36 team or whatever, you have these qualifiers going on like the fall before. Oh, I'm not even saying the fall before. before. I'm saying, like, you. let's just say that you have qualifiers in, a, in 2024. Again, I'm not picking the years of, you know, qualifiers. And that gets you, okay, so you got the qualifiers. Then in, say, the fall of the next year of 25, you then have one week. Mm-hmm. And you're having, at the end of the season, you are having uh, one, basically what we treat now as the first round. I love this idea. And then you have a first round. And then when you're done with that, everyone goes home. And then in spring training, this where we have the games now, you have one week again. So this is going to be second round. And you're going to get them all together for one week. And you're going to get down to your final four. And then once you're done with your final four, everyone goes back to their respective teams. And you've only lost, again, you're talking about if you're a major league team, you've lost, you've lost your pitcher for one start. You've lost your hitters for a week of spring yeah, training. It could be two. I mean, Asian yeah. guys, that's a, that's a long way to go. Right. Uh, but, you know, but, maybe, maybe Elon Musk can uh, ameliorate travel force. In the, in we'll, the shoot, we'll shoot SpaceX exactly. or whatever. But then at All-Star Weekend... You then, and again, I would even throw out, this may sound crazy, but maybe the next year, All-Star Weekend, where every team that's going to be in it knows before you ever set your schedule. You don't have to, Japan didn't make it, we don't have to redo the MPB schedule for this year. But Japan's in it, okay, you're going to take a week also. And then, so then there'll be this week where part of the All-Star Weekend, you know, week, not weekend, week, and you say, we're going to play a semifinal and a final and you've lowered the footprint for this dramatically while giving even more build-up for the championship rounds. That was not rapid fire. But Sorry. It was a good, but it was a great answer. Um, Mario Ortiz loves the concept of the WBC. Enjoy the national pride displayed by the top Latin Asian teams. Kyle, do you think the United States team will ever display the kind of the pride that we see in these other clubs? And I'm not, 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 not knocking the American players. But it just seems like it's just a different culture. It, it's it's different. I mean, even if you go down to the Dominican Republic or the Cuban League games, it's a different atmosphere than what's at a U.S. game. It's just different cultures, different meaning attached to it. I don't think we'll ever see it to that level. I know one way to do that. State lists. <laughs> the Team Vegas, baby. Team right. Vegas would right. have Vegas pride. Right. Team, Those guys would be popping Vegas say, team shirts. Team California right. versus Team Texas. Team NorCal get... versus Team SoCal. Am I allowed to say I, that I, or does that make me an outsider? <laughs> I was actually you're gonna laugh. I, there's pride there, but I actually think the California versus Texas that would that would be the ooh we really Florida want. says Wade Davis from the right side and Andrew Miller from the left will take you. Florida, team Florida's looking strong. Uh, is there a position? Kyle McWade asks, is there a position grouping this year that can compare the Netherlands shortstops, Bogart, Simmons, Scope, Profar, JJ? Anybody else who's got that kind of grouping? Puerto Rico, Correa. Baez, Lindor, shortstops. Yeah, I, I'll actually, I, I take Puerto Rico. Call. <laughs> Great call. The, the, the thing I'll be interested to see that with the Netherlands is, is that, again, we talk about that, that infield. They have to, guys are going to be playing a little bit out of position because you got to get all those guys on the field. Jerks and Profar, left fielder. you got to get these guys on the field. you got to figure out a way. Yeah, Profar's going to play first or the outfield or somewhere. Looks um, like predominantly the left field. Yeah, which I mean, like, it just, uh, you got to have them in the lineup somewhere. The Netherlands does not have that kind of depth. That they can afford but to the, not have them on the but team. But the thing about it is, is what I also do enjoy about the WBC is a guy like Vladimir Ballantine. Who sure. is, I mean, he's a limited player in some ways. But you put him in an environment like this. I don't think so in Japan. 
but you put him in an environment like this, and he could really end up being a star of that. Of, oh, yeah. of that he's pool. hit hit third in, that, in the order. Yeah, for sure. He's third like the, he, to me, he's like the Dutch Alfredo Despagne. You know, he's like this bad body corner bat who can has slider bat speed and can hit a lot of home runs and in the MPB, and that's kind of what he's done over the years. And so. by the way, again, with this, if you're a hitter, how are these hitters going to adjust when you are facing guys who you literally, not only have you never seen before, right? you're stepping up there, it's like, who? what does this guy throw? But beyond that, it's like, and where is that ball coming? What arm slot is that coming out of? I mean, because again, you're going to see a lot of that. I'm really fascinated to see, are we going to see shifts from these teams in WBC baseball? I think it's going to be a style of play that we just don't see, and the, these conflicting styles of play, I think are going to be really fascinating. And that's, again, and that's an undersold part of the classic, that uh, it's different from Major League Baseball. So, yeah, it was Ballantine hit 60 home runs in 2013 for your cult. I forgot about that. So I want to see a dude who's hit 60 home runs. Why wouldn't you want to see that? I'm, I'm, when you say the shift, I'm fascinated to see, will teams shift against if Korea goes deep? Korea has, they have two types of players almost in the lineup. They have the, I'm going to do a visual demonstration. You have the top of the order guys, and I'm going to post a gif of this if you haven't seen it before. But the, like, the leg kick that actually goes over the plate, but it's all away, 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 like that samurai swing. Like the, the it's Japanese an Ichiro-type swing. That basically well, it's, is... It's like the softball slap hitter. Is what exactly. It is. It's a slashing kind right. of softball. So you've got approach. that slashing, and then you've got the middle of the lineup where basically guys who can go deep to any part of the park. But... Again, like it's going to be fascinating to watch. I love seeing contrast. Was that, was that a pun, an, an intended pun? Because uh, about a quarter of the team's name is Park. <laughs> I'm, I'm just thinking, but Park Young Ho hit 40 home runs in Korea. We wanted to see him in the United States. He didn't play well in the big leagues. Doesn't mean a guy like that can't have a hot week or two in the WBC. In fact, I'm actually picking Korea. That's my pick. That's my last question: is who's going to win this? I don't think they have the best roster. In fact, I think their roster is worse now than it was the previous classics. But just feels like this is it's like like it was Dominican's turn last time. I'm just kind of throwing darts because I think the roster's kind of slant toward the DR in the U.S. But I think feel like Korea like has an esprit de corps in this. I feel like it's a it would be an interesting classic if Korea won it all. Now watch them losing the first round. <laughs> no, I'm, 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 I haven't got one right yet, so I'm not, I'm not even trying to get it right. I, I will say that for whatever it's worth, they've been really good in these. There's a lot of exhibition games that have right. been going on over in Asia. They've been really good in those exhibition games. For what it's worth, Japan has not been so good. Cuba has not been so good. I, I that's the one thing I don't. I, with Japan, I do wonder. Like, okay, is this? We know this lineup's a little weaker because then the previous we don't have as much of those aces at the top of right. the uh, the pitching staff. But you, you still do wonder because so. Who are you picking? Kyle, you can I'm, pick before JJ's ready. I'm, I'm actually going to pick the Venezuelans. I really am. I, I think that lineup, they're going to be playing with an extra level of pride, and uh, I think it'll put them over the top because I think we see in this, great in, in, this, in this tournament, emotion does play a factor, and caring does play a factor. I know that's cliche, and Brian Kenny would hate what I'm saying right now, <laughs> but uh, in this tournament we've seen it, and I, I do think Venezuela is going to have that little edge. Puerto Rico kind of has a little bit of that edge too, JJ. I mean, it's not like things are sunshine and roses in Puerto Rico either right now. This is true. Are they kind of your sentimental pick? You've been hinting toward them. I've been hinting, but I think I'm going to go back to Japan. Um, it's interesting. Brian Kenny, though, would enjoy the bullpenning that you're going to see in this. because Oh, absolutely. This is going to be, you know, like Five if you... Five innings one, 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 one. No, 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 no. Israel, Israel, Israel will be, no, Israel will be an inning and a third. 
A batter, a batter. They have so many pitchers. It will, and be, it will be as long as Jason Marquis can go. No, no, no. And then um, uh, Jason Marquis will not see a tenth batter in that game. I promise. Well, you. I'm saying, like, as long as he can go before they think, okay, can we pitch? Are you going to be available tomorrow or the next day if they need him? Because he's not going to go more than two, two thirds innings, two and two thirds, three innings. That, I can't ever imagine that he would go longer than three. I, I don't. And think, he's their best pitcher. I don't. And he think, hasn't played in two years. I don't think Israel wants any of their pitchers in this entire tournament. To ever face a guy twice. Yeah. I, like in the entire tournament. I agree. Like it literally will be like we are gonna play matchup and they what they can do is their their roster, they have no bench depth as almost almost any bench depth as far as their lineup. The guys who go out guys. there are gonna be the guys. They're not gonna pinch hit, they're not gonna do anything like that. But what that does mean that they can do is you can see ten pitchers, you can see nine pitchers, ten pitchers. Pitch in a game. I would, love to, game. I would love to see a mild boy, Ike Davis, who threw pretty well at ASU, come in for an inning. And he was opening day starter as a freshman at Arizona State. He, I mean, and he, son he of Ron Davis. He, he, should, he wasn't bad. <laughs> you know, that's a question I've never asked to Jerry Weinstein, uh, the head coach, uh, Rocky's longtime scout and uh, former coach at Sac City. He's not allowed. I should have asked him. It's against the rules. To do hit World pitch? Baseball Classic against rules. If you are not someone. It's an outrage. You, no position player is allowed Fire. to pitch in the World Baseball Classic. They did that. Partly just to for for two reasons. They already have the extra inning rule. But seems no, seems no, no. like a double negative. But, right, but they're they're doing it for two reasons. One, insurance, the, the insurance. <laughs> and two, to assure MLB teams, don't worry, you're not going to have a Jose Canseco situation where so, a guy comes in. And this is this is not an endorsement, by the way. We're just going to start calling JJ Etna. I mean, like he's <laughs> captain of indemnification over here. But I do. I, I have actually. Yes, I have read all the rules for the World Baseball Classic and so knew that off the top of my head. Of course I have. We will need part two of this podcast. It is inevitable. I haven't picked. I guess I will pick uh, no, Japan. Picked, I did pick you Japan. Picked yeah. Japan. You picked Japan. So it's inevitable we're going to need 50 more minutes to talk World Baseball Classic because we have the fever. I think <laughs> you can tell that we have the fever. So for JJ and for Kyle, thank you for tuning in to Baseball America's podcast and Facebook Live. Our Facebook Lives and podcasts are sponsored by Baseballism. Baseballism is the official off-the-field brand of baseball, offering apparel for men, women, and children. If you are a baseball fan, you need to check out Baseballism.com or visit the retail locations in Cooperstown, New York, or Scottsdale, Arizona. Visit Baseballism.com and enter the code BA2017 to save 20% off of your order. For JJ and Kyle, I'm John. We'll see you in the next Baseball America podcast and here on Facebook Live. So long, everybody. This concludes our program. Want more in-depth baseball coverage? Be a better fan. Visit BaseballAmerica.com to get more comprehensive baseball coverage. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois.